0: All right, my guest this week on the Drag Zine podcast is top alcohol racer Rachel Meyer. What's going on, Rachel?
1: Oh, not much.
0: Just uh, we we're having a little bit of fun talking up there. You, uh, you just got done doing some racing this past weekend at uh, No Problem Raceway, and it, it's it, is it not is it not fun to be like back in the groove of <laughs> like some normality and racing again?
1: Oh, yeah. It was a lot of fun out there and pretty nice weather, too, considering the week before it was negative here. So it was nice to get out to the track, get in some warm weather and have fun.
0: Yeah, it's that, that's definitely the, the fun part for us. I'll say northern ish people is like when this time of the year, we when we go race, we get to go to like warm places. And that's that's <laughs> always a nice change. Oh, yeah. Downside is, you know, July, August, September when you have to go back to those warm places and it's <laughs> 900,000 degrees and you're sweating to death inside a car.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. We did that once in Bellrose, and you could not even dry your hair. Like it was so muggy and so hot.
0: It th- There's definitely something to be said about like I've been in SoCal when it's been 110 degrees. That's a certain level of miserable where the sun hits your skin. But when you're in like Oklahoma for out Armageddon and it's 98 degrees and 98% humidity and you're like you sweat and your shirt sticks to you that sucks
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I know how you feel.
0: and you know you got to have a lot of fun this past weekend too because you went some rounds and made all the way to the final right
1: yeah we made it all the way to the final I had to pedal it in the finals but we still ran pretty good we ran a 535 which was our best pass of the day but my dad got a little greedy with the tune-up about 3.30 out, so yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's sometimes you just can say, yeah, you know, and <laughs> what's it like when you're inside the car driving when it sets in that, like, this is not going how I want it to go and there's nothing I can do about it?
1: Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to just react. You can't think about it, but the car will shake you pretty hard if it if you let it get out of control there. Normally you can tell like when it's starting up and start pedaling it or grabbing the brake a little bit.
0: Yeah. And people, it never ceases to amaze me. I never understood this. and I don't think a lot of people understand that like when a dragster goes into tire shake, that's a life altering experience. That's not where you want to be.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely hurt my head some from hitting the roll cage back and forth.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, that's the reason why you, you see a lot of the Nitro drivers popping a mouthpiece out after a run because yeah. no one likes to go to the, to, to the dentist after that whole deal.
1: <laughs> yeah, true.
0: Now, I, I did a little bit of research on you to start with to kind of get familiar with what you were all about. And, you know, you, you did a lot of junior dragster racing. You, made, you aged completely out of the program, right?
1: Yeah, I started whenever I was eight and then went until I was 18. So did juniors for about 10 years. And
0: was that something where your dad was already into racing so it was just a natural progression for you to just jump right in like there wasn't any other thing It was like I want to get into that.
1: (laughs) Basically he bought me and my sister two juniors and took us out to KCIR and just had us get in them and see what we thought and we both loved them so which I knew we would.
0: It's interesting to see kids kind of like, you could tell real quick that they're all about it or someone just made a very expensive mistake. And it's, <laughs> it's funny. I've seen it to the point where like parents literally like have to pry the kids out of the cars because they think they're like go-karts. They can just drive them around the pits. It's like, no, 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 no. This, this is a race car. This isn't like your go-kart. Yeah. Racing that long for junior and junior dragsters, you see a lot of NHRA racers, you know, Erica Enders, for example, kind of, you know, she went through that full cycle. How did that get you ready to start racing full-size cars?
1: Um, I think it just got me used to, you know, leaving off the tree, learning how to wheel race and getting used to the feel of a dragster because there is a big difference between a door car and a dragster.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge difference. I, my friend keeps a super comp dragster here at my house and I got into the thing for the first time and I'm going to get my license set, but I'm like, I am definitely not in Kansas anymore. This is (laughs) very, very like you have to be in a car and feel comfortable because that makes all the difference on how you're gonna be able to drive it.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: And with junior dragsters, did, you know, did you learn a lot of skills that you are able to kind of use and transfer up as far as your driving and what you learned and muscle memory and all that as well?
1: Um, I feel like it helped me learn how to drive the stripes and I still bracket race a lot and it taught me how to leave the line like if I were to foot brake the car, but I actually am working on my S10, getting it ready for the Noe class here at our local track. Nice. Hopefully I remember how
0: to do that. Yeah. you are be in there and be like, there's so much room for activities in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you you, you, know, you still race tracks. You race super comp and that's a, that's, that's a brutal class. That's brutally competitive. You know, what have you learned? What would you learn in behind the butterfly in a super comp car? That's, that's kind of helped you along as well. Cause that's, I got a whole new respect for super comp racers. When <laughs> I really started watching a lot of the NHRA All access and just seeing how tight everything that was with that kind of racing.
1: Yeah, that was a big change, like learning to leave off a button and put delay in my car. Um, I don't know. I think it just helped me build up the speed, like going fast since mine went about 175 mile an hour. So to jump from a junior to a super comp, I think was a pretty good stepping stone to get me up to the alcohol car, getting used to the way they leave, the way they launch. Yeah, because it
0: it, jumping into the best drivers seem to always kind of do the whole progression deal, and look like said the speed is probably a big deal, and just basically learning how to get a car to react how you want it to react. Correct. Yeah. Now, with a super comp car, what was your favorite part about racing one of those?
1: (laughs) Um. I honestly kind of liked the challenge of trying to determine like how much to put in the, um, I'm drawing a blank now, the throttle your, stop.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Into the throttle stop to get your car to run 890 or whatever you wanted to run. Like if you wanted to hold a few numbers, I kind of liked the, the challenge of that part. A lot of people use, you know, like a computer program that they just type in the weather and what their car ran before and it tells them what to do, but I never did it that way. I never had access to that, so I don't know. I kind of liked that part.
0: Do you think being able to do, like, did that sort of tuning really help you with the car a lot more and be able to drive better because you really kind of played with the inner workings of it?
1: I'd like to hope it did, but honestly, I was never the best in super comp. I, struggled leaving the tree a lot of times, but I feel like it gave me more confidence in what my car was going to run.
0: Right on. Yeah. That's, and that, that I think that is a very important as a, as a driver is having that, that level of confidence and, you know, it, it makes a big difference in how you can do with the car and what you can do with the car as well. Now, top alcohol mm-hmm. dragster, you know, was that always your end goal for what you wanted to do like throughout the whole deal? Is that, is that like how was that the family plan?
1: Yeah, yeah, it always was. I mean, we didn't talk about it much growing up, not until I was in college. Did my dad start talking to us about, you know, like Megan started going to the Frank Holly school to learn more about driving. And yeah, he kind of waited till we were a little more mature and thought we could handle it before we got serious about driving the alcohol cars.
0: Yeah, that's, that's again, it's a definitely a, a big step up. What was it like, you know, your first rip in an alcohol car? Cause that's, you know, let alone a, bl- like blower cars are different, but an injector car is that, that they're angry. What, what was that like for you?
1: <laughs> Honestly, the, First time I hit the gas, it threw me back so hard. My foot flew off the pedal. And then once I finally felt confident enough to make a half track pass, once that like clutch engaged and it really got your speed going up there even more, I felt like I started to get tunnel vision and it looked like the bleachers were just flying by me. So it took a little while for my, I want to say like my brain and my eyesight to get used to that speed. And now, now it kind of feels normal.
0: Is it something where you really have to, you you plan ahead, you don't react, right? When you're driving one of those cars.
1: Yeah. You just kind of have to know what you're going to do. Like if it shakes, you need to either pedal it or you have to have a plan to grab the brake a little bit. You just, you just have to be able to react on an instant.
0: Yeah. That's, it's funny listening to racers that race something that goes 250 plus miles an hour is that they all say the same thing is that it doesn't like you get used to it or it like it slows down, but you still have to make sure that you have your point that you're looking at down track and paying attention because these they get away from you in a hurry.
1: Yeah, they do. And honestly, like most runs are just a little longer than five seconds and that's not a whole lot of time, you know?
0: No, it, 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 it's funny that, it seems like it's not a lot of time, but it <laughs> kind of is, especially when things aren't going right. You know, it, it really, it, you have to be ready for anything. Yeah. Now, you know, what is it about top alcohol racing that really kind of, you know, attracts you to it that, you know, really makes you just want to get up on a race weekend and spend hours on end at the track doing it?
1: Um, well, I'd say I'm a very competitive person. So any kind of racing I love doing. Uh, The thing I love about the alcohol cars is that we actually like tear into them every pass. Um, You actually have to put a tune up in them every pass. Whereas like some of the, like my super comp car, I hardly ever do anything to it between passes or every weekend, you know, and each class has its challenge and I just really love going fast and I love spending time with my family out at the track and honestly our class it's not super big class. So I feel like everyone knows everyone and we all get along and feel like family and are there to help each other out, even if we're about to race each other that round.
0: It's really cool for me to watch the, the, the that kind of camaraderie in the alcohol class. I still call it top alcohol, just, you know, <laughs> that's growing up. That's what I always was. And like, the camaraderie is there because it's basically, they really are, you guys are baby professional teams. Even the teams that are, you know, all volunteers, you like, there's a lot of work that goes into turning these cars around. It is not lawn chairs and battery chargers like a, like a dot 90 car. Yeah. Typically, you know, you do a lot, you do the, uh, the clutch in your own car, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Is that something that knowing how that process works, does that also make you a better driver and be able to give you better feedback to the crew chief for tuning?
1: Sometimes I feel like it is. I have always been interested in those cars and the motors, and I can actually do any part of the car. I used to just be my dad's like fill-in person. If he was shorthanded someone, I would step in and help out. I feel like as a driver, yeah, it makes me know when a hole's out, what that feels like when we shake like knowing if it was a clutch problem getting too hot too much fuel in there too much timing you know i don't know i like to think sometimes it helps
0: oh i, I think it totally does you see a lot of the, you know like someone like larry dixon who's an amazing driver or ron caps that they like they worked on those cars and caps even said sometimes he almost gets bored not working on the car anymore yeah. you know it's like because all I do is drive. I want to jump in there and do something.
1: Yeah, it definitely gives you an adrenaline rush, especially when you're going rounds and you don't have much time between rounds and everyone's all hyped up because you are doing good. I mean, driving alone can give you an adrenaline adrenaline rush, but I think also working on the cars gets you gets your blood pumping and gets you excited and going.
0: Oh, yeah, that's, you know, crewing on a radial tire car. You know, we've won many rounds won championships. And like, when you're going rounds, it's like you, you get that excitement. It's like you get back and you start doing your thing and like, it's, it's go, go, go. And it's just, you, you lose track of time, but it's a good way to do it. Cause you're just, you're excited. You're having fun. Yeah. <laughs> Flip side to that is when things go wrong, you don't have a lot of time Then it's like, Oh, this is going to suck.
1: Yeah. Then everyone's thrashing to get it done.
0: Yeah, thrashing is there's an art form to thrashing, (laughs) to say the least. And depending on the level of thrash will also dictate on like how the feel of it is. Mm Because at Bradington during the US Street Nats, I watched Tudoros team, you know, they put a whole rack in a car because they cooked cooked a couple pistons and you you could tell when there's like a little bit of uh, tension in the air when they're getting ready to do the big reveal on how bad is this going to be? You know, you see that head <laughs> lift, and it's like, yeah, what are we working with? Is it is it ever been that point where you've pulled ahead and it's like that moment of uh, this this is more than just a flesh wound?
1: <laughs> I mean, sometimes. I mean, I feel like we can tell when we hurt it pretty bad. Normally like a rod gets thrown out the side or something, we're or like leaking oil pretty bad, hurt the block. So yeah. I mean it does suck sometimes.
0: Yeah, that's uh you know it's a bad day when the drivers on the radio saying, Get the spare get the spare ready. Like not even try <laughs> to fix it, just get the spare ready. Yeah. <laughs> Which I saw one of the Coughlins do that in the pro mod when they just like let all the magic smoke out. Kurt Johnson's picking up wrist pins off the track and at the top end, Coughlin literally got on his phone and called the crew guy back at the Totter and said, get the spare ready. This one's done. Like just <laughs> that was all he said. He hung up the phone and you look at oh, it and you Just Yeah. It's bad when you, you see the viewing holes in the side yeah. of the block that that's a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, from a driver's standpoint, you know, can you feel what it's like when an engine's basically eating itself and something bad's happening behind you?
1: Um, Well, honestly, like I haven't hurt very many motors or parts whenever I've driven. I don't have the seat time that a lot of the other drivers have. But I mean, you can definitely tell if you're smoking the tires and you're not getting off of it, like something bad could happen. And so, yeah.
0: So so, so your carnage count is still relatively low.
1: <laughs> yeah. Relatively low.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, that, that's a good thing. I mean, you know, it's, I've heard some people say, you know, if you're not breaking stuff, you're not trying hard enough, but at the <laughs> same time, when you're one working on the car, you're like I don't want to break stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's no fun. You know, from your, your family's been dominant in top alcohol racing. What's it been like as a family racing at this level and kind of being, a part of that with what your sister's done, what your father's done. What's that been like for you?
1: Uh, I honestly love it. It's actually like the only time really that my family gets together because I live like three hours away from my parents. So I don't see them very often. So for me, it's exciting and fun because I actually get to hang out with them, spend a weekend with them. And a lot of our crew guys feel like family to us too. Cause a lot of them have been helping for years and since I was a little girl so it's it's really fun being able to race with my dad and my sister
0: what was it like for you seeing your sister kind of do all the things that she did because you know you guys were she was her and your dad were really kind of crushing some records and picking up a lot of wins (laughs) you know what what was that like for you to kind of watch that happen from the not necessarily from the sideline but but as a part of that
1: I was really, really happy for them. I was always watching every race whenever I could, keeping up on live timing, seeing how they were running. And I was always cheering for them from back home or for them the sidelines. And, yeah, I was really, really happy for them.
0: Yeah. The, the 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 numbers, what was the record? I forget. What the what was the insane number you
1: guys put up? It was up? a 509 with the zero maybe yeah. or something like that.
0: Thought it was a 50 something, a 509 in yeah. an alcohol car. That's cooking.
1: I know when she made that run, I think we all had to do a double check at the uh at the scoreboard because we weren't sure what it said at first, since we're not used to seeing like a O number,
0: you know. <laughs> You're looking going, are there lights out or did she just really go that fast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did, did she – what was her reaction? Do you remember what, what it was like to see that?
1: Yeah, I mean, at first I don't think she even realized what she ran, and then once she found out, she was pretty happy, pretty excited. She stopped in the lanes to, like, hug us all on her way back to the pits because we were up there also watching Julie because Julie was the next pair or the pair after that.
0: Yeah, that, that that's another interesting dynamic there is having someone like – Julie in the mix as well because again it's it's talented drivers and it just seems Mm -hmm. like that like your 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 entire family has this like farm (laughs) system of alcohol drivers that come in and you know (laughs) and win
1: yeah I mean a lot of it is my dad too he's had years of experience he's learned what to do what not to do so we're really lucky to have him
0: To me, it's almost like, you know, in MMA, you have like the different teams that train people. It's like they come to you guys to get like that, that training in one of these cars to learn how to do well. Mm -hmm. You won the Central Regional title last year. And what a lot of people don't realize is that in sportsman racing, it's literally, it's a chase, you're, you're constantly keeping up on where the people have done and what they're doing. What was it like for you chasing that title regionally?
1: Well, honestly, I didn't really realize that I was going to win it until Indy. I noticed that I was ahead of my sister, which is rare. So she just couldn't win the next race. And then I think Dean was behind her and I just had to make sure he didn't do too good in St. Louis, I think. And I don't know, it just all worked out because I didn't go get to go to any of those races, like the last two or three regional events that they had at the end of the year. I wasn't able to go to, so I was just kind of watching to see how they were going to do. And that was determining how I was going to do.
0: It's not a fun feeling when you're not in control <laughs> of your own destiny, is it?
1: No, it's not.
0: Does that change how an alcohol team or how one of you guys really like approaches some of these events are very strategic about it? Or is, you know, is that, that changes a lot of it, doesn't it?
1: Um, It can, because you can only count, I think, two outside of your region. So sometimes you want to be careful which two you pick. And then like we have Julie in a different region than us, that way she has a chance to win a championship as well. So we don't want to, necessarily go to her regional events and like stop her from getting points that she could really use so yeah you just kind of have to be careful what regional events you go to but I think you have to at least do three in-region events
0: and that's what uh, that's for me that's what makes NHRA sportsman racing interesting across the board is because then you mix in you're chasing a regional and a national championship and that just totally makes it bonkers on what you got to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does.
0: <laughs> and it's, and it's not like you can lay back either. Right? Like, I mean, you, you, what you said was a perfect example of it. you don't want to not be in control of your own destiny. You want to be, you want to be the person getting chased, not the one doing the chasing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. F- from a team standpoint, did that change how you guys approached strategies at races or anything? Or was it always pretty much we're here to win and that's it?
1: Yeah, it was basically we're here to try and win. I mean, at any national event, like, yeah, we would love for one of our cars to win. It doesn't matter if it's Julie driving or me driving or Megan driving. It's just we're all a team. And if you can walk away with that Wally, that's a pretty great feeling.
0: What's it like racing at a regional compared to a national event? Is is there a big difference in how they feel and how they flow?
1: Um. Yeah, I kind of feel like the regional events are almost a little bit more laid back for us in a way, but they can also be a little bit more work because they're only two day events mainly. So like you have one day to qualify and one day for all the rounds where nationals, it's kind of like spread out over three or four days. Um, Yeah, Yeah. and then it's kind of cool at the regional events because some people like, when we're there, we're kind of the top dogs, the alcohol classes, you know, so it's kind of cool to have fans come up to us and, like, be really impressed with the cars and really excited to meet us and stuff.
0: Yeah, that, that's what I was going to get at there is because, you know, for me growing up, going to the regional events, you know, at Quaker City, that was always, like, a treat because we got to see the alcohol cars, and that was mm-hmm. just something that, you know, we normally didn't get to see at our local track, and it was, it was definitely wild to see, and then, I think it's interesting, like the laid back nature of versus a national event, because in a national event at the same time, it's like, uh, it's a lot of hurry up and wait.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really is.
0: It, it's, you know, hey, we're supposed to run at three o'clock, and then the little man comes through on a scooter and says, oh, no, 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 you're getting yeah. up till <laughs> 11 o'clock at night.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that does suck when that happens.
0: <laughs> How does that affect you as a driver? Because, you, you know, you have to get yourself in a certain mindset, especially when you're driving a car, of this caliber, did, does that really shake you that you have to like kind of do a reset?
1: Um, not really. I don't feel, I feel like once I'm strapped in the car and we it up and I do my burnout, I kind of just like get in a routine and I feel like I'm calmed down and just focused on cutting a light and just being ready to react if I need to react. So I try not to let it bother me, but, Sometimes if I decide to go take a nap, cause we have like a three hour delay now that can kind of make me a little drowsy, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That I've, I've literally had to go poke our driver and be like, Hey, wake up. We got to go <laughs> to lanes. You got to go 200 mile an hour Yeah. And he falls asleep <laughs> in the car because again, you're bolted in you, mm-hmm. when you're strapped in a car and if the weather's just right, that's like the most snuggly little thing you can <laughs> ever be in.
1: Yeah. Unless, yeah, I know my dad's fallen asleep a few times in there.
0: Yeah, you, you got to kind of poke and be like, wait, wake up. And then on the <laughs> flip side of that is when, you know, you're wearing that multi-layer suit. And again, it comes back to it being 20,000 degrees and you feel like you're in an oven. That's no oh, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, you just recently got engaged and yeah. <laughs> got engaged to a racer. Mm-hmm. It, was that you know, did that just kind of happen? What, well, you know, how, how did that whole deal come about?
1: Oh, I don't know. Like, how did we meet or how did Yeah. Yeah. Meet? I
0: mean, is it just, was it a track romance kind of deal? You know, is it, yeah. is, is, is that how that kind of worked out?
1: Yeah. We met at my local track called Mocan. Uh, Actually him and two of his brothers race and then his dad sometimes, and he has a few uncles and cousins that race too. So I just noticed them all at Mokan a few times and, he said hi to me in the lanes and I don't know. Then we just started talking.
0: And it's nice to have a significant other that you don't have to introduce to the lifestyle and like yeah. prepare them for it that, you know, that they're ready for it. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He totally gets it. He might love racing more than I do, honestly.
0: <laughs> so, so you could, if you started to put him to work on the car at all, is he wanted to do that or is he just let you do your own thing?
1: Yeah. Well, he's been able to come to a few of my races and my dad's put him to work. He's taught him how to build our heads. I've had him help me pack the shoots. You know, we have him help out whenever we need an extra set of hands.
0: Yeah. Again, that comes down to being important and having that, that shared relationship that it makes it, you know, it it makes it easier to go racing.
1: Yeah, it definitely does. The only thing that sucks is that Sometimes whenever I'm racing, he's racing too at a different track. So sometimes it sucks we can't be at the same track cheering each other on.
0: And then you got to mix in the fact that you've got to plan a wedding during racing season. Like my, my family, my brother-in-law is a college football coach, and my brother was a high school coach, and my dad was a coach. And we've actually had to plan weddings around football season <laughs> and around Ohio State football season as well. Is this something where the, the 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 calendar had to come out to plan a wedding around racing? Yeah,
1: yeah, it it does. We haven't picked a date yet, so we're still trying. We'd like to aim for like the end of November, whenever all the racing's done. But it might still be nice enough to have a summer or an outside wedding. So that's what we're aiming for. We're still looking at venues, so we have to see what they have available.
0: My sister got married in July outside in Ohio <laughs> to get around that. And we actually had like extra like tuck shirts because it was oh, yeah. so freaking hot. Oh. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's interesting when you're able to bring all that together because it, it comes back to me, racing really is a family deal and it's nice to have someone that you can bring in that just doesn't skip a beat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice.
0: Speaking of skip not skipping a beat, we got to thank our sponsor for this particular show, Airflow Research AFR Heads, the original CNC ported cylinder head. From the street enthusiast to the hardcore racer, AFR has designed a cylinder head for your application with one goal in mind to just go fast. Spot, you know, you got you got to sneak the sponsors in because sponsors are an extremely important part of the sport. And You know, is that something that you are active in recruiting your own sponsors or, you know, how how's that work for you?
1: Um, well, Megan actually does a lot of that for the whole team. That's kind of one of her job duties on the team is to help recruit sponsors. But I have taken her driven by media class to try and learn more. I just honestly haven't had a lot of time to put towards finding more sponsors. And.
0: You know, like being on the show and doing, you know, media stuff, that's an important part. A lot of people don't realize how you represent yourself to attract more sponsors and how you represent your sponsors. Mm -hmm. You know, is that something that you're still adjusting to or is it, you know, it's probably a little bit of a change.
1: Yeah, it is quite a bit of a change for me because all my time racing, I haven't really had any sponsors that I've had to, I don't know. do social yeah exactly do social media posts for and all this stuff so I'm trying to learn how to do that and work that in at the racetrack too like between working on the car and stuff trying to find time to get some pictures
0: I I will say this though you you're doing a great job so far that you're smiling and you're happy and you're engaged (laughs) because it's it's a big difference like when you're in the media and you, you see a lot of racing it's you could tell where some people are like i'm not gonna say a block of wood but it's like they don't know how to like get people to to like them if that makes sense
1: yeah that yeah, does
0: is is there any drivers that you've really kind of like try to pay attention to or you're going to try to steal some cues from because I, I you don't give me <laughs> the, like the John force vibe that you're going to be at the top end with you know a dirty fire suit screaming and yelling that you're going to scare poor man to music at the top end you know is is there someone else that you you try to pull from maybe or someone someone you idolize as a as a driver
1: um well I really idolize Erica Enders as a driver I look up to her a lot I feel like she carries herself very well and she's a an excellent driver and She's done very well for herself. So I look up to her a lot. And Ashley Force, they were two of my favorite drivers. And then Megan, of course, I look up to her for all the stuff that she does.
0: Erica Enders is one of the most terrifying drivers in drag racing. Period. She Doesn't is. <laughs> you do not like that's the cool thing I like is that you don't have to attach, you know, female drive. No, period. You mm-hmm. know, same thing with the force daughters and someone like Shirley Muldowney is when you put the helmet on the car doesn't know whether you're male or female and Erica has torn out a lot of people's hearts and left them (laughs) in a bad place you know poor Greg Anderson you know he it's like one of those things where you don't want to be like posterized like in the NBA getting dunked on she dunked on him she like (laughs) He tried to call her out and tried to, you know, he tried to play some strategy and she basically just walked up and just one punch dropped him. Yeah. <laughs> is that something is, is a driver, you know, do you, do you have to like psych yourself up to have like a mindset that someone's a rival or is it pretty much you just go in and do your deal and it's, you, you don't worry about what's in the other lane.
1: Um, I try and just do my deal, but there are a few drivers that I, of keep an eye out for because I know they're probably always on the tree like I really got it I can't be late here else I could lose on a whole shot or they tend to have a very good car that well I'm not saying any round is easy but like some people just make me a little more nervous like I don't know
0: oh no no it, it makes sense to have someone that you know that it's you know like you said, there are no ducks, but there's some people that you really got to make sure that you know the you're you're extra tight and ready because that they're gonna they're gonna bring the noise. Mm-hmm. Is there a particular track that you you know racing these? It's funny racing an alcohol car, any fast car like that. There's certain tracks you love to go to, and there's certain tracks you're like, uh, this this place again. You know, what what's a track that you really enjoy to go race your car at?
1: Um, well, honestly, the alcohol car, I haven't taken to very many tracks since I have normally only done the regional events, and those have only been at a few tracks. I don't know. I would say Indy is one of my favorite, probably. I really enjoy their track.
0: It's it's interesting going to Indy just because of the the, the history you feel there, and it's it's a long track, but the thing is a lot of, <laughs> when you go to Indy you got to, you know, make the left-hand turn, if you're pitted on the oval side of the track, you better bring some snacks because it's a long tow to get back over there.
1: Oh yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> and it's, it's even longer when things have gone wrong and not your way that it's just, it's not a fun ride. No. You know, what, what are your future goals for racing? You know, what, you know, where do you see yourself going? Do you want to get in a Nitro ride? You know, wh- wh- where do you want to take this?
1: Um, I don't know that I would ever actually want to, you know, drive a top fuel car full time. But I think it would be really awesome to make a few passes in them. I think it would also be pretty cool if one day I could get my funny car license, top alcohol funny car license. Just knowing that they're one of the hardest cars to drive, I just want to prove it to myself that I would be able to handle it so that would be really cool one day if I can do that
0: yes alcohol funny cars like you can be anywhere on the property and know when they are on the track because <laughs> they are they sound so so angry yeah on the chip you know it sounds like connecting rods and pistons are going to about <laughs> explode <laughs> in the low orbit and those, there's not a lot of downforce on the back of those cars so you, you know you're you have to shift that thing. And, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. You're, you're busy inside one of those.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> that's what I've heard.
0: And it's, even with it, with an, you know, a, a night, an injected car, you still got your cause you've got your hands full with that cause it's a lot of load and a low end torque versus, you know, the, the blower car zinging and screaming, but that you're, you know, when you're in that nitro car, that's gotta be like a, a an interesting put. Does it just it feel like you're getting pushed down the track really hard?
1: Um, I don't know. I feel like I've just kind of got used to it, but yeah, I mean, they do put you back in your seat pretty good.
0: It's interesting how different cars and different power adders kind of do their thing. And, you know, typically with, with with like a screw blower car, you're, you're trying to calm them down because they're like, just like a puppy on a leash. They just want to take off and go. (laughs) So you're taking over your sister's full-time ride, correct? Yes. Now, what kind of changes is that going to make for what you do as a driver and you, know, the events you hear? You're going to push for a national championship now with that?
1: I mean, yeah, that would be awesome if I could win a national championship. That's going to be the goal that we're going for. We're going to run a full season this year. I think it's about 10 nationals and seven regionals. So we'll just have to take it one race at a time.
0: And, you know, going to 17 races, I'm sure that that's going to, uh, be a pretty significant uptick for you is there anything you're trying to like prepare for for that or are you just going to try to drink it all in and go after the experience
1: <laughs> i'm just gonna try and take it all in i it honestly doesn't get too busy for us until august and september it's about every weekend then right now it's just like maybe one or two weekends a month which is i feel like pretty manageable not too bad but yeah once we hit august it's gonna be different yeah
0: yeah a lot of busy stuff going on and again it's with these cars it's not like a bracket car that you can leave it in the trailer and you know pull it out and you know throw some gas and it, it's good to go there's a little bit of maintenance y'all got to do oh
1: yeah yeah there is
0: now as far as being on a team i'm assuming there there are no no team orders if you have to line up against whoever that's on your team it's pretty much first one of the finish line wins do your yeah. thing
1: yeah, that's how it goes. My Some people might think my dad favors one car over the other, but he's, he really doesn't. He's not that kind of person. He's going to give them both the best tune-up he can. And yeah, sometimes it's determined by the driver. I mean, Megan's beat me a lot of times because she's beating me on the tree and therefore she wins. So, you know.
0: And I, I'm assuming too that, that that also breeds a lot of confidence and and you as a driver, knowing that he's going to give both of you the best car possible.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. Now
0: you you've raced your sister heads up. Is that like what's that like? Is there like a little <laughs> bit of extra scrappiness going on there? Is there some smack yeah. talk?
1: It well, I try not to because I feel like every time I do, it just backfires on me and I lose. So I try and stay quiet. But she is probably my toughest competitor. I try my best against her and sometimes it makes me a little worse because i'm trying too hard it's a lot of rivalry there
0: yeah it's it's interesting when you see siblings race because usually it it gets it can get pretty chippy you can see some hand gestures and some some things going (laughs) on where they get after it
1: oh yeah yeah and sometimes even after you lose it's kind of quiet kind (laughs) of not very i don't know
0: not, not very funny. Have you no. ever done any, 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 bets against each? Cause I, I've seen some racers have some interesting bets amongst each other. Is it just pretty much, you know, just, just race it out.
1: Yeah. It's just race it out.
0: That I, I think that for my brother, and myself, if we did something like that, there'd be side bets. I mean, there'd be a lot of poking <laughs> and ribbing and whatnot going on for sure. So, you know, for the entire sport of drag racing or you know do you find yourself being a fan of watching other areas of the sport or are you just pretty much honed in on what you do
1: um sometimes i like to go in the stands and watch i i like to look at the results and see how a lot of people in like, like the super classes did since i used to run in that class i don't know i try and keep up and see how people do
0: do you, do you have another like favorite class that you really like to watch you know the one that you like you circle on your schedule, you know, at a national event, like, I want to go, like for me, I got to go watch stock and super stock. Is there something like that you got to check out?
1: Um, not normally just if I have time or if someone I know is racing and I really want to go up and watch them and cheer them on, then I try my best like our cousin dusty races and top sportsman and super comp. So I try and make it up for those races to see how he does.
0: Now, you mentioned you would, you know, want to make a couple passes in a nitro car. Is that something that it's interesting, that the way that I'm going to go at this is that there's racers that there's certain classes and cars they really want to do. And then there's certain things that they just they don't want to mess with. Is it just the fact that that with with a nitro car, there would just be so much more like, to it per se, where it's, it's definitely more of a job and less fun?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot more stress that comes with being a nitro driver and all the things that you have to do that. I just don't know if I could handle on top of working and not to mention how expensive they are. I just can't yeah, imagine spending that kind of money.
0: <laughs> they do not run on smiles and handshakes, unfortunately. No. <laughs> and that that's when things go right. They're still expensive yeah. when they go wrong. It's, you know, it's, it's just like watching dollar bills float away.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> but now if you were offered the chance to race on someone else's dime, would all that go out the window? You'd be like, yep, put me in that car. I'm good to go. <laughs> it,
1: it just depends on how much of my time it would take up, I guess, because my fiance has two kids. So we have a family here and I don't necessarily want to always be gone and away from them makes sense
0: That that, that definitely that's admiral makes sense because it's it's definitely a uh it's a it's a slog to do that kind of stuff if you're going to even make you know some of the guys that are part-timers when you go to these events you know you got to put the time in and have that car ready to go
1: Mm -hmm.
0: now if you wanted to besides a nitro car is there anything else if someone said hey i'm gonna let you drive anything you want what would you take the keys to
1: um, it'd be pretty cool to drive a pro mod, but I asked my dad already because there was an opportunity to possibly drive one this year, and he told me no that he would prefer me to work my way up to one, like driving other door cars because he said that they just drive completely different than a dragster would. and so that would be cool if I could, but that would take a lot of time for me, probably.
0: Your dad has your well-being definitely in mind there. <laughs> because
1: yeah he does
0: pro pro, like pro mods are angry angry vehicles that want to do everything but what you want them to do and they are not as stable as a dragster no because i'm sure you could probably peel the the smile off your face going down the track at 250 in a door car until something (laughs) bad starts to happen then you start regretting your decision
1: yeah probably
0: and it's something again, I think it speaks to the, the level of discipline it takes to drive these different vehicles because they are so different. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: it, it, it's funny, the, the one vehicle that everybody always says they don't want to don't want to mess with are Nitro Harley's. So oh
1: yeah, That's <laughs> <and> something else. <laughs>
0: it, it, it's the reaction. Corey McClenathon last week said to Nitro Harley said, Nope, I'm good. Don't want
1: mm-hmm I mean, just the fact that you can't even, like, sit on them to start them is just a little scary. I don't know. To me,
0: the scariest, like, non-two-wheel vehicle for me would be, like, a fuel-altered. Because every time I see a fuel-altered run, it's like they do not go straight <laughs> at all. And the driver at some point is cleaning gratuitous amounts of oil off of him because something has happened. It's just, they are angry, angry cars. It's one of those things that it's fun for me to watch race, but when someone said, Hey, you want to jump in one? I'd be like, "Eh, and no, I'm good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They might be cool to drive. I'd give it a try.
0: It's yeah. It's, it's tempting, but at the same time, it's like, you know, my, my friend that drives the dragster, I'm like, you know, why don't you get an altered? He goes, I want the bomb to be behind me, not in front of me. Yeah. Now what are your big plans coming into this year? What are you really looking forward to now?
1: Um, I'm honestly just looking forward to going to all these different tracks that I haven't been to, or it's been years that I've been to them. And Hopefully getting my first national event win would be cool. I came close to my first race ever, but I couldn't get it done.
0: Is, is that something that, you know, you're, you're really going to kind of be, that's that's the big bolt. You know, every, every team has, you know, the goals, you know, win around, do this, do that. Is it pretty much the, the, the Wally, the big Wally is the big goal now?
1: Yeah, for me it is, yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. That, that's important to have those goals because it's what's going to keep you driven, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Rachel, our time here is coming to the end on the Drag Zine podcast. And I like to give my guests their opportunity to impersonate John Force and plug all their sponsors <laughs> and everything else. You don't have to act like John. I've had people do that. It's a tall order. But instead, I will just turn the floor over to you so you can thank who you need to thank, tell people where to find you, what you got going on. So the floor is yours.
1: All right. I want to thank NGK and NTK Spark for helping me out this year, as well as Lucas Oil. Um, and you can find me on Facebook under Rachel Meyer racing, as well as Instagram on Rachel Meyer racing.
0: Make sure that if I see you at an event this year, I will come up and say hi and just make sure you're doing okay. And, you know, enjoying yourself. <laughs> Cause it's, it's, it's a little stressful when you start trying to make those trips out there. Trust me, it's Mm -hmm. I know what it's like when you try to slog it out for multiple events. And at a certain point that the the fun starts to wear off. And sometimes you need that reminder (laughs) of what you're doing is fun, right? Yeah, true. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you later this year.
1: Thank you for having me.